So the main point of our retreat to develop skill. The teachings of the Buddha are very detailed in the skills that can be people can develop. They're not just uh, prayers or aspirations or um, you know interesting sayings, but, but definite practical skills. That's the that's the mark of it. And also, these skills are not they're they're accessible. They're not something you've got to wait 10 years to get going, you can start. Mm-hmm. And, so it's a, and this covers everything really. So although people often tend to come on retreat for meditation, you've got an idea of meditation or particular systems of meditation or, you know, whatever. But really, the idea is to have something that's quite seamless and just flows in different modes from action to stillness from sitting to walking to talking to working to resting and you develop skill in it everything something you can learn from so it's it's really uh, encouraging to, to recognize as in the most uh, humble mundane things you can learn something skillful there's nothing you can't develop more skill at mm-hmm. Fundamentally, the primary skill we do develop is being more attentive. Because <coughs> uh, the uh, default of the mind is to go on automatic. So this can be very much the daily lot of, of all of us. As we get into something, we start to the mind by itself goes into automatic. They will start to recognize the things that we've got down pat, so we don't really need to give much attention. And we're just going to slide along on those. So you get into routine or so on, and you just kind of got that going, so you can just kind of roll along on it. That feels good. Tenders of the mind is to want to do that. Um, it's just, just the function of the mind. The mind is mostly about forgetting things. You know, when you consider the amount of sense data that can be coming in any any day, any moment really, <clears throat> as well as whatever internal data come up, memories, thoughts and perceptions, feelings, interpretations, so on, you realise that most of the mind is just about filtering all that out so you, you've got some sense of um, perspective, you're not flooded with it all. The drawback is that uh, we lose the sense of freshness and newness and being clear, being focused, being attentive. It's almost as if it's every day the aim is to get to the end of the day <laughs> with as little, little conscious effort, little conscious attention as possible. Just got that sorted, got that glide switch, you know, we'll move along. Eat, sleep, drink, talk, work, and then next thing. And certainly on, on retreat, that's one of the challenges. You get into routine, we can kind of just glide along on it and feel slightly irritated if there's anything that snags it. Actually, things that uh, we should look at these things as chances to be more attentive, be more patient, or resourceful. Mm-hmm.
you know, walking meditation path, finding a walking meditation path, and one that, uh, you know, doesn't damage the environment, doesn't wear the grass out. Finding how to to walk so you keep warm in the cold weather. Mm. Moving around with a group of people so we're not colliding with each other. Using things like uh, the shoe rack so that you've got somewhere takes about eight seconds to slip your shoe to slip the sandals or put them on a rack. About eight seconds probably. And yet, those eight seconds, we don't want to do it because it's, it takes no, it takes half a second just kick them off, <laughs> leave them there. So you always get this kind of big slew of sandals and footwear around the shoe with the shoe rack pristine, <laughs> rising above it. <laughs> Sign of all those eight seconds that people couldn't spare because their mind is running on automatic. The next thing. Obviously, it's very much the case when people visitors come because you know they're on automatic. You know, so Sunday you always get this big kind of a flood of shoes all around the shoe rack with the shoe rack rising pristine, untarnished above them all. <laughs> it's a monument to, <laughs> to human uh, blinkeredness. You know, what do you think this thing's here for? <laughs> Yeah, some of these, you know, we've always got things in the office. We've got a camera, glasses, coats, umbrellas, shoes, children, (laughs) everything. (laughs) Forgotten it because they're running out the door to the next thing. (laughs) It's amazing how people get home, you know, without their footwear or without their trousers. (laughs) Coats and things. You know, it's it's such a glide, it's such a running along. And you realise that that's that's the uh, that's the default. When I see life, we try to to bring kind of brakes, stop, stop, stop. You know, take your shoes off, take your hat off when you come in, put your shoes here. You know, switch the lights off if you're not using a room. Don't just come into a room when you go out. Switch the light off. Don't just leave it. You know. Glowing away, burning up energy. Wash your cup up after you've finished it. Dry it, put it away. In those things where the mind will tend to go, finish that, just on to the next thing. Getting up in the morning and then get up and tidy your bed up, you know, so it's not just a rumpled heap. (laughs) Sharing a room with another person, you know, have a sense of somewhere where it gives you a feeling of, it's not just just a dump. With bits and pieces lying around in it. You know, these are the things that, very, very ordinary things, but I don't think they're particularly spiritual. But this isn't about being spiritual, it's about being mindful, attentive, pragmatic at every level. And what it does is, apart from just creating a particular atmosphere and environment, it starts to, just to put attention in where these reflexes occurring. The reflex just running, running, running on. And you put little stop, 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 what, you know. Very mundane things. And I remember we used to have a door closing and a retreat on the, how to close a door. 
because there's lots of corridors and doors at Amrawati and people just go running through the door and leave it open. So we had a whole retreat on with signs, you know, close the door because the heat would go out. What it takes to actually break that reflex, just through, you know, and not close it behind you. So it's really, it's not just that these things themselves make life more uh, tidy and convenient and comfortable for everyone, but also that you start to work on the mind right at the very most obvious level of action. The automatic, the reflex. Because what you're what you doing with this is you're starting to establish a sense of something supervises your mental behavior, the perceptions, the impulses, the feeling. Hmm? And really that's, that's the important bit. That's the most important bit. It's some, you're establishing something that supervises. It doesn't judge or comment, just is watchful and aware, supervises the perceptions, Busy, urgent, hurry, she, he, you know, that, and the, the impressions we have, the photographs we have, the emotional photographs we take of our day, of the moment. You know, we get, you know, what's important, or the, so forth, what's not important. It's going to check that. And these impulses, the flurry, the fluster, the um, well, you know, the shrugging off. Oh, yeah, I'll finish that. Can't be bothered. So on. You know. So we, you know, realize how much one's life can be just not not paying attention to things like keeping your room tidy. Not paying attention. It's just gliding onto the next thing. What, so you just kind of little thing to remember, or something a little phrase from. What is it that's taking me out of this moment to the next? What is it that's moving me? Is it what is it that's moving me from this situation, this thing I'm doing, this to the next? What is it that's moving me? You know. Are you aware of that? What's the what's the push? What's the impulse? You supervise that, and so in this way, we these two aggregates, impulses or sankharas, perceptions, sanya, or the quality of feeling, vedana, another aggregate. You know, point is liberation is through is through non-attachment to these aggregates, not letting them run your life. <clears throat> In one of the suttas, the uh, Sariputta mentions these aggregates. He says they're like hired assassins. The phrase he uses he says they they come in pretending to be your friends, I'll oh, take it easy, this will be fine, this will be fine. They get really established and then when you're not watchful they kill you. 
it's strong. But he's making a point there how much uh, our runaway minds, our impulsive minds, our unchecked minds can kill us, can damage us. Our perceptions can kill us. You know, somebody came to the monastery today, her husband killed himself because of the perception of not feeling, not being any good, being useless, being... And no matter what she'd said to him for 25 years, his perception still remains. No one can shift his perceptions but ourselves. When they're really established, then maybe you just have to live with them. You know, so they're not, at least they're not going to actions. Because these are the things, depression, anxiety, feeling you're rubbish, feeling you're a waste of time, whatever. What is that? What is that? All these things we've got to be, or our fantasies about enlightenment, or, or we, you know, what is that? Where is that? What is it taking you out of this moment, being here? What is it? What is that? So we just want to check that, know that. So the movement for awakening is not really a movement in time towards the next thing but a movement out of time, sort of deepening into the present, so that those pushes and reflexes and impulses start to soften. And, you know, it's the nibbana, is the unbinding, or the wearing out, or the extinguishing of these pushes, pushes and pulls. So that starts with supervising them, getting to know how much of one's mind is really just wired up, you know, <clears throat> Sometimes when you come on retreat, just the first time, the first thing we start to recognise is just how how wired up it all is. There's still things still running, you know. Got to do this or that, or the other future, the past, and so forth. Running, and then our first <clears throat> kind of effort skills are the skills of um, restraint. And uh, application to go together. So the first thing you can notice at most any retreat situation, it will be restraint. There will be less going on, less, less happening, less to plug into. What you do plug into has got less charge in it. It's not, you know, fantastic, exciting music, lights, sounds, movements... Fragrances kind of, you know, much more slow or mundane or not very special. It's restrained. Speech is restrained. If possible, speech is dropped. Speech is moderated, so you don't have to just speak loud enough for somebody else to, to talk, hear you. Speech is moderated, so you're trying to speak in a way that clearly understood and said okay you got that Hmm? so it's much more conscious restraint is about learning to move the body around quietly restraint is about 
you know, not needing to fill the mind up with thoughts and books and stuff. Restraint is about checking out how much food you need and how much sleep you need. So these, there's no fixed answer to these, but at least we have those simple personal inquiries. And there's certainly there's no fixed answers to these, but at least you keep inquiring. Sometimes you need more, sometimes you need less, but you keep awake to it all. The restraint. Your aim is to really, you know, be adding as little as possible. So your so your system is coming more into a rest state, less charged up, more rest, and that's part of the benefit of restraint. Restraint sounds like you're kind of throttling; can sound an ugly term. To uh, to the world in general, restraint is a, a hideous concept. <laughs> it's generally going. <laughs> as much as possible in the opposite direction. <laughs> as loud, as quick, as fast, as jazzy, as immediate as, as possible. You know, that's the general thing. So when we're coming out of that, then you know you can, you can expect a sort of like a feeling a bit unbalanced. Mm-hmm. But the aim is to get so there's more sense of rest, and you get more refined skills. And with restraint comes the other aspect of it is the application. You've got a little less going on, so therefore one can apply oneself more thoroughly, more fully. You've got more slack. When you tone tone the senses down, the mind becomes more sensitive. You know, when you're less input, the mind is like the sponge of the mind is 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 wrung out, so it's no longer saturated. Therefore, we pick up smaller things, finer things, subtler things, and the very sensitivity of the mind has got a certain delight, pleasure to it. You know, just to experience clarity, sensitivity, without doing a lot with it, just enjoying it. And then, you know, so often, you know, the factor of, of application is there to first to, to keep, you know, applying oneself to stop filling the mind up with unnecessary things. And then what we do fill our attention with are things that provide us with happiness, inner happiness, space, warm-heartedness. Clarity, strength, you know, real doing, doing oneself good. And this is something that, again, is not just a matter of meditation, but of giving quality time to the small things, to the necessary things. Why not do them well? You know, getting to the pujas on time, skillful. Getting up in the morning, so you give yourself plenty of time to get up, you know, have a wash, get freshed up, take some fresh air. So when you, you're setting it up skillfully, so it's not just a blur, tumble out and then sort of sit there in a 
groggy until <laughs> a bell rings. But the skill of, of, of fashioning, you know, bringing it so that you've got something that's you prepared, you know, reading the body. Skill of chanting. So if you do chanting every day, you want to do it well. You do it, you know. And it's part of what we do because it's a, it's a perception, a tone setter, something that's carefully moderated, involves a certain listening faculty, involves opening the senses, but in a skillful way, to sound, to light, to fragrance, to listening to each other, to bringing the voice up, to raising energy. Chanting is a, works on energy, you know, it's not frantic energy, it's a moderated, careful, you know, energy, like uh, through the voice. So why not do it well? It could be some another thing we did. Oh well, it's done. Grunt through it, grunt through it. <laughs> but uh, just putting attention to these things, so there's effort, restraint. So it becomes more seamless. Then the quality of the attention that comes through that, particularly when we practice it, chanting rises, brings energy up in the morning. When we're sitting, feeling, going into the body, lifting the body, raising the body, bringing that energy in there as a group something is occurs because of being in a group and the perception of the Dhamma Hall which is meditation hall, images you know, which actually work on the mind perceptually So then when the chanting stops, we have that quality of attention has been kindled, has been worked, the, the energy of it, the steadiness of it, the moderate, moderated quality, and then the sound stops, the silence. And the listening is there, the attention is there, because we've put some skill into establishing it. Meditation is, to me, is always that moderating between rest, sense of resting in awareness, and what needs to be done to keep unraveling places where we're blocked, where mind or mind is blocked or stuck or frantic or busy. You know, but really, we first we have to find the place where we feel some rest and some steadiness. So then you're bringing your attention up from that. So establishing the refuge in oneself through restraint and through effort. This is the foundation for skill. 
And like most of this uh, skills, they're not something you just switch on. It's like anything, like learning a language, learning a craft. You start off, you're not so good at it. You keep practicing it simple enough in theory. You just got to keep putting the effort into it. And it builds up and you get the payoff. So this is why it's a skill. It's not a technique. You just do it, you know, something you build up through your own personal initiative and resolve. So when you bring it into meditation, it's what's really needed. Spending time with deliberately putting things outside, finishing things off, bringing attention into some, you know, the the details of a body, how it sits, the energies, the, the sensations in the body that tell you how the body's being held. You know, through the back, the lower back, and the diaphragm, and the shoulders, and the, how the whole thing sits. Again, it's something we do it frequently, become, can become just another, here we are, dump it down. But uh, a skillful person looks every, you know, recognizes the nature of change. And every time we sit, it's like it's the first time. You know, so you just start to, check in with the physical form how it's held even the perceptions of what a body is. One set of messages from the media. And then actually when you check in with your own body, there's what? Warmth. There's basically three elements, three features to it. One is quality of sensation, you know, pressure, contact, physical contact, sensation of the body, physical sensations. Another is feeling, pleasant or painful. Third aspect is energy. We feel vitality or stale, tight, loose, restless, fidgety. You know, these energies running through the body. And the energy is probably the most important one. Because it's in this energy of the body that we begin to track the, the source of our reflexes at any given moment whether we're jumpy or defended closed down, reaching out whether we're carrying weight whether there's something that's just hungry reach, you know, or they feel comfortable and assured that it's upright 
and it's easier energetic, but they carry the traces of the mind in them. And this is the one of the fundamental keys of mindfulness in the body. The Buddha is saying, you know, the world, beginning of the world is known in the body, the end of the world is known in the body, the path leading to the end of the world is known in the body. So all our world of past, future, me, she, him, it, could, should, maybe, problems, joys, sorrows, all that is still, you know, wired up in our reflexes in the body and this is where we can clean it out. That's why meditation is this so supremely skillful because, you know, the massively complex world can, in one sense, can be handled right in its reflexes in the body. At least our contribution to that, what we're carrying with it, can be handled, can be released there. Through this process of attention, awareness, breathing in, breathing out. 